Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making a better Rocket Mortgage. Push button, get mortgage. Our toll-free line, 855-2124-CBS, brought to you by GEICO. Great news. You can save a bunch of money if you switch to GEICO. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. I got to tell you about my friends at Home Depot. Doing more is brought to you by the Home Depot. Visit HomeDepot.com for details on flooring, appliances, and bathroom home improvements. The Home Depot, more saving, more doing. Mafia, that's where I got my snowblower at Home Depot. I love that place. Nice. Got to be ready for the winter with those things. I used it today for the first time. Did it look nice when you pulled up in your new car? Looked perfect. All right, uh, the player of the week is your boy, the Greek Freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek Freak who dominated the Bucks uh, for them, dropping 29-15-3 and three in just 22 minutes as the Bucks crush the Knicks at home in Brewtown, 132-88. How humiliating are the New York Knicks? I mean, I don't even see a point in firing the coach. It doesn't matter. They could have... Red Holtzman, it doesn't matter who the coach is. They're just flat-out awful. They lose every game. Did you see they were in that game with the Celtics on Sunday or something, and then it was tied with four minutes ago, and then they still got whacked by nine? I mean, they are awful. Greek Freak, Player of the Week, Home Depot, more saving, more doing. All right, 855-212-4227. Andy Baskin will join us in about 20 minutes. How about the Vikings? They've come back in this game. They're going to be down three. Uh, After they just scored again, Cousins has scored again to bring them back. They were down 17, right? It was 34-17, and they've come all the way back. So Seattle messed around with this game. Did they not just, like, what did they, pack it in? They just well, they were moving. They were driving, and a big fumble by Metcalf. The Seahawks were going in. They were at the Viking 30 or 35-yard line, and they originally called the play an incomplete pass. They Vikings challenge, reviewed, called a fumble. And now they come the other way here. And he misses the extra point. And that was the spread. Which is, well, three and a half. uh, Got down to three in some places. uh, Three, two and a half in a couple places today, too. But this game's far from over. Far from over. There's a lifetime lifetime left in this game. All right. uh, Eric is in Texas here on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Pharrell, what's up? How's it going, brother? Good, man. Long time, first time. I'll make two quick points and then hang up and listen. Uh, I grew up in Massachusetts. Since spent a decade in New York City and 15 years ago moved to Texas. But I'm a lifelong Patriots fan. Uh, like a lot of fellow fans, I did a lot of suffering. The 85 Super Bowl still hurts. How do you like Texas. living in Texas? Um, I like it a lot, actually, but I miss the snow, miss the cold. I couldn't afford to live up north anymore, though. I had a young family, and um, I, was, I was in New York City. I applied for a mortgage. They said the closest house you can afford is three hours away. So I decided to move to Texas, where I got a three-bedroom, two-bath for seventy thousand. It's been awesome. Can't beat that. It's no, even sir. it's even worse here now. I mean, it's four or five grand just to rent a studio in New York City. Yeah, 
I was paying $1,000 a month. I lived in, in the Bronx for about six years. For one bedroom, we lived with roaches and rats, $1,000 a month. Yeah, I used to uh, live in the city and, uh, and for a long time in Midtown, and it was bad then. It's even worse now. I wouldn't live in the city if you paid me. I, I really I really wouldn't. I, I lived here, and I think it's cool and everything. I think it's uh, it was a lot of fun when I was young, and I drank, and I partied, and— it was yeah, really it was cool. Fun when I got there, but once I got married, it, it didn't make sense. Oh, it's, it's just good. very expensive here. It's it's no joke. It's the most expensive city in the world. Heck yeah. So, uh, and first of all, your thing about the Patriots, Carver High pointed it out to me. Uh, did he? Did, didn't he say I spent my whole life suffering? He just said he suffered from the '85 Bears Super Bowl. That's it. I get you did a lot had, of suffering, no but suffering. now you've had 20 years of no suffering. 20 so years of winning. You can't talk about guess, the suffering anymore when you've won yeah, six Super Bowls you, in the last 20 yeah, years. Yeah, you've won six Super Bowls, and you're still crying about the 70s and 80s? All gravy. What? You know, it's all it's all gravy after 28 to 3. It's all uphill from here, whatever you want to say. I mean, it's all, it's all extra for me now. Well, so there's nothing to say, really, then. <laughs> there really is nothing else to say. Is there... But did that just it's happen? All gravy. Did that just happen to me? We've had a lot of suffering in Boston. And I got to tell you, it's just been so awful. Can you imagine? Well, like he was saying he went through whatever, a lot of suffering. Whatever. whatever. Guess what? In the last 20 years, you haven't been suffering, okay? There's been no suffering in the last Listen, 20 years. Listen, if you win one of them, right? If you if you just win it like once, right? If you if the Bills won it, wouldn't that be all you needed? Right. I mean, the guy's seen him win six times since the suffering in the 80s. I know, but if you you want it once, wouldn't you just be sat in stone? Look, of course, you have that moment. You want to have a moment. That's Uh, it. That's it. You know, this guy's had a billion. So, uh, were you surprised at uh, some of my text messages to you uh, recently? Did you think there was something in the water or that I had been oh, no, drinking look, again? It's, it's a great game, and I know you've been watching a lot of soccer lately, so there's you know, there's nothing wrong with that. So what do you think of that? Hey, welcome aboard. I mean, but, you know, I, I always liked it when the World Cup was on. You knew that. Right, right, right. But I wasn't like I uh, – I just don't really uh, get into the MLS. You know what I mean? I, well, who can? <laughs> I mean, honestly. I just – honestly, I can't get into it, but – well, even following, you know, just the big European leagues for us is hard. I mean, if you want to be a part of that, you got to be up at 8 or 10 on a Saturday and on Sunday to, to follow these games, which for some people might be fine. They're used to getting up at 6. For us, we get home at 3. You and me are playing ball by 8.30, 9 o'clock on Saturdays and Sundays. Right. So it's, it's impossible to keep up sometimes until you get to the bigger tournaments. I mean, I went Saturday with my buddy because he had uh, his friend from England over, so they went to Hoboken to watch the, the Tottenham game. So I met him at the bar and watched that. I had a couple beers, but it's not something I could do every week. I have to tell you, though, I lost my mind in the, uh, whatever, the week I was off. And, uh, it, you know, I got back from Vegas. Next thing you know, I'm watching these, uh, you know, these Netflix and Prime Video, you know, series or whatever you want to call them, like binge watching, where I was watching... The first one I watched that I really liked was All or Nothing on the Man City uh, franchise. Uh, and they're great. Remember the season they had in 17-18 when they broke all the records? Most Premier League wins ever. Most in a row. What was it? 19 in a row. Yeah. Uh, they won a bunch of titles. They won the Premier League. They won FA Cup. FA Cup. 
So I think they won two of the three. They won everything except uh, the champions. The champions. Liverpool yeah. beat them. Right. But uh, I have to tell you that I, I was fascinated, blown away by that uh, show about how they, you know, and that Pep, uh, what's his name, uh, Gregardio, whatever his name is. Uh, uh, so anyway, um, I just thought it was just incredible. And all the players they have, they have like the best players, right? Because some sheik owns them from Abu Dhabi. The guy's a, a absolute drowning in oil billionaire. And he pays for everything, right? Like literally this guy pays for everything. Like they have the best food, the best trainers, the best medicine, the best masseurs, the best facilities, the best fields, the best youth program. Is that about right now? Like literally, are they not the cream, the Yankees of the Premier League in terms of franchise? Well, right now they are, yeah. Right now they have the best franchise, like the best team, the most money. Right. I mean, Liverpool's really good too, but right. when you, in terms of all the things outside of just the game itself, you know, playing on the field right. every week. All that other stuff, yeah, they have the best of, of everything. Of everything. So, and then what do you think of that derby they do? That's with Man U and them, right? Oh, yeah. That is some pretty cool stuff. Like, and how about when they play Liverpool in Champions League and they go with that bus into Liverpool and drive that bus through those, throwing eggs and bottles at the yeah. at the bus. It's and, a different. And setting it's fires. A, it's and, a completely different. Fandom. Um, fandom over there. I mean, it's all that they have. They it's blow life. away American sports, those fans. That blow them away. Look, there is no. Um, they have nothing else. Four choices or four big sports or five, you know, other things to get involved. I mean, for all of, for a lot of these people's lives, for all of their lives, that's all they have. This is it. So whoever it is that you're a fan of, in a town that you grew up in, or whatever your family roots for, or whatever it is, that is your life. It could be and crappy that, Norwich or Sunderland. It doesn't matter. If you Remember, I asked you how far they it, had fallen. Sunderland. You're born into it, and you just. It's the life that you live. It's not like you're living it for eight months and then you're going to watch, you know, your baseball team for a few months and then your your basketball right. team. This is it. Twelve months a year, that's all that matters to everybody. You know, pretty much everybody there. You know, that women, that, children, grandma. Everybody. That is it. It is a lifestyle, it's a way of life, bottom line. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And then I was sitting there telling you that I would literally I think one of the coolest things in life would be to, um, frankly, just pack it in and, and take a year and do that. Like, just go to games. Just go over there. Oh, it would be amazing. Just go over there. You know what I mean? Just Like, if I retired and I had a choice of what to do with my life, like, you know, like, what do you, what do you think you'd like to do for the next six months or eight months or a year? I would, I would really like to go to London and go to those games. Because it's all over England, right? Yeah, it's the whole country. It's the whole country. You could literally go there and just go to game after game after game. See, but the problem is 34C wouldn't do that. She wouldn't be into that. Well, she'd stay at home, I guess. Yeah, and you stay home then, and then I'll go. How do you think that would turn out? I'd be hitting that beer again. Well, she'd be into if she could hang out with the players afterwards, if you know what I mean. Hey, now. I got to tell you, uh, I just I thought it was fantastic watching that show. I, I thought it was really kick-ass, and I got to know a lot of their um, – you know, a, a lot of their star players and everything like that and, and watch them play and everything. Didn't uh, Messi win the Balloon d'Or tonight? He did. Why did they do it now? Isn't it in the middle of the season? It's a calendar year, so I guess it's the, you know. By the end of the year, the they do it? They do it, yeah. Is that right? Because uh, did you think he should have got it? 
I mean, look, they basically trade it off between him and Ronaldo every year. Do you think uh, Guardiola is a great coach? Because a lot of people want him fired now because he, he won it and now— well, That's uh, the one thing that they're too crazy about over there is the team the, loses two games and they want it. Fire him. Fired. That's the— Hashtag Pep out. Hashtag this guy out. Absolutely not. They I can't mean, fire that I guy. Mean, they might because that's the way that they do things over there. But the managers, it's not like here. That's what, I mean, there's obviously a lot of— Head coaching, manager, whatever changes here. But they last four or not, five years. Not like over there. Over there, it is months. <laughs> I mean, you could be gone. Literally. You, you can have the job, and months later, you're Seriously, gone. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Didn't some guy just get whacked? Uh, Arsenal or yeah, something? He's only been on the He hasn't been on four the job months. long. Yeah. September. Yeah, and then he's already out. It, it, it happens fast. The Gunners. I watched them play yesterday. Uh, I was watching that game. Didn't they play, uh, what did I watch him, play Norwich? I believe so, yes. It was 2-2. They tied him. And then I watched Man U have problems. Did you see them give up the lead and tie? I didn't see any of it yesterday. They blew it, too. They had the lead. They scored it late, and they still gave up a goal. And I, I think uh, Newcastle, is who, or who'd they play? It wasn't even Newcastle. Um, I forget who they played. Man U played, um, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Honestly, it was great. Well, I watched. Uh, I just want to see that score from yesterday because I was watching the game. Arsenal played Norwich, and uh, it was Austin Villa. You're the one that told me, yeah, because I go, I'm watching yeah, Villa, and you go, they suck. Was, yeah, they just got, they're just recently promoted. And then did you see who's good again? Is Leicester's good again? Remember when they won it? No one thought they'd win it, but they stole the Premier League. That was a great story. Possibly the greatest uh, underdog story you know, obviously here nobody cares, but did they ever make a like a series out of that? Like, I'm a, sure they eventually will. Did they film that and like have a story to tell? Boy, would that be the story of the century, right? That they won the thing? Yeah, no, that's one of the greatest. Well, aren't they like ever. broke? D, they have no money. Before that, they had no money. Now they have money. Yeah, is that how it works? You win it, and now all of a sudden oh, you're. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Anyway, I've been watching it. I'm losing my mind. I, I may lose my mind, Mafia. I've become a Premier League fan. I've watched a bunch of games. I've lost my mind. I think I want to move to London. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4227 uh, to get on the bench. Andy Baskins, our good friend from the fan in Cleveland, and he joins us now on the Mahogany. How's it going there, Andy? Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I did. I hope you did, too. I'm still trying to figure out who started it and who ended it. It's the story of my life. Yeah. Well, I can tell you who ended it. <laughs> I, I said well, yesterday, ended it. they ended their season yesterday is what they did. Absolutely. There's no question about it. So it's, I mean, just a gloomy day in Northeast Ohio today, especially for a season that had so much expectation. Well, hey, uh, you know, it, it, even if they win out, they would, what, go 8-7, and seven, and that just won't cut the mustard. They get the extra game. They, it would go 9-7 and seven if they did. But you're right. Yeah, but it's still not going to make it. It's just, they're not there. They're not that team. They're just – they're not there. They're, they're, I don't want to say they're too young. They're, they don't know how to win. They know how to start. They don't know how to finish, and that's kind of where they are right now. Yeah, I actually uh, – so I think they uh, will win three of the four. I, I don't – like, they're playing the Ravens in Cleveland. I don't even – I don't think uh, I would bet on them in that game. They beat them up in Baltimore. I'll give them that. But I think uh, if they play them again, they'll lose to them again. Do you think the Browns can beat them twice? 
no way. There is no way the Browns are beating the Ravens the second time around. Unless the Ravens just don't care about the game, which I can't see happening because they'll still be battling for the top spot in the AFC. So, you know, unless for some reason the Ravens decide to play all their backups, and that, that's the only way I could see it happening. That's the, the only way. So uh, let me ask you, uh, there were several, and I guess it's easy for the Steelers to mock him uh, after the fact, and but I, you know, there's other people that have said some things about this Freddie Kitchens character who, uh, you know, was wearing the shirt and everything else. Now, I think the whole thing has gotten ridiculous and blown out of proportion, but I think that he asked for it by doing uh, the shirt thing. I, I think that he he made this, uh, he did this to himself. Uh, the abuse he got from people for wearing the shirt, he obviously doesn't care what anyone thinks that that's pretty clear to me, but I have to tell you, I think he looks like an uh, absolute ass. He, I mean, he took some heat in the press conference the last two days over it. I mean, you know, let me tell you this: if you don't wear the shirt, how many questions do you get about the t-shirt over the last two days? None. Zero. Of course he brought this on himself. Now, I mean, look, his daughters wanted to wear the shirt. I mean, I've, I mean, I've got a young daughter too. But if my daughter said, well, I'd be like, you know what, honey, it's a great shirt. I'll wear this during the summer. But, Right now, this isn't the time or place for me to be doing this. So, it's just he he brought extra attention that he didn't need to, and it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And it's a he's a young coach still trying to figure it out. And uh, you know, I'm watching the I'm watching the Seahawks game tonight against Minnesota. Right. You know, I'm watching Minnesota run the ball down ten inside of ten minutes, and he like yesterday the Browns didn't throw the uh, Browns didn't run the ball inside of thirteen minutes left to go in the game. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, the things they do just are mind-boggling with a team that's got this much talent on offense that just can't get it moving. Do you think that, like, um, you know, I, I didn't hear all of his excuses of why he wore the shirt because I could care less what he says. But I have to tell you that uh, is that really what he said, that his daughters made him wear it? Yeah, his daughter said his daughters. I don't know if his daughters got on the shirt or he got the shirt free, but his daughters were like, you should wear this, you should wear this. And so they went to go see a movie the other night, and he wore it. A fan wanted to take a picture, and he, you know, put his arm around the fan, and you could see what the shirt said. And that's all there is. He said, I shouldn't have put my arm out. I shouldn't have exposed it. Just don't wear the shirt. It's not that hard. Tell me how many other coaches in the NFL would have wore that shirt. So um, let me, uh, you know. taking a picture with a fan. That's just ridiculous. Here's the thing that I, I think is, you know, for me. First of all, like, I'm with you on he's a young coach. So I, I think that I'll give him a pass. But I, I would say that you don't win enough to be that cocky, dude. You, they, the Browns never win anything. So let's let's stop trying to act like we're all badass and like you're some kind of great team and you can get away with some stupid move like that because they don't win. So they're losers. And, they, and then you got a coach wearing a shirt like that after that incident. It's almost like you deserve everything you're getting. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wish I could argue with you. I mean, I'm a lifelong Clevelander. I wish I could argue with you. I can't. And by the way, Baker Mayfield has some of that same attitude. And Baker hasn't won anything yet. Yeah, he had a great second half of the season last year. But if you look at his numbers as a fourth-quarter quarterback, he's brutal. Coming into this week's game, 37. So, I mean, the fans here love Baker. Everyone's pulling for Baker in Cleveland. But Baker hasn't shown that he's a leader. Baker spends more time 
worrying about being upset with the media or making sure that he's got you know a chip on his shoulder about this or making sure everybody it's tired it's a tired act right now and he needs to go out and perform they keep talking about you know do your job do your job well you know what when you don't do your job how about you step up after the game when you played against your arch rivals and quit complaining about the media or this or that and say you know what I didn't do my job today and I think people would have a lot more respect for you. Do you think that Andy Baskin with us from the fan in Cleveland, do you think that um, because, uh, like, I, I think he was a real punk in college, and so I thought he was a great player. I love watching him play at Oklahoma. I thought he was awesome, but I thought he was a punk. I thought he was a real asshat. Like, everyone wanted to beat his face in because he acted like such a tool. And the bottom line is, He's still immature. He's still the same punk. He's our asset. That's the whole thing. I bottom mean, bottom line, he's still a punk. Back, you know, say that again. He, bottom line, he's still a punk. I, I'm not. I can't argue with you. I can't argue with you. I mean, it, it, to me, it seems like he's more worried about whether well, he's going to have a beard or a mustache or whatever. <laughs> I, I, you know, the thing with you. And look, I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge Hugh Jackson fan. But I, I thought what he did at the end of the year last year when he was tugging at his stuff at the end of the game, was just classless. And you know what? But he's still our guy. We're still going to back him here in Cleveland. I mean, that's the way the fans feel about it. But I, he's got to win some games before he does some of this stuff. He just they haven't, they haven't proved anything. And somehow, someway, they got to figure out how to get Odell Beckham Jr. the ball. He's too much of a talent for them not to use him. It's, you know, in the beginning of the season, it was like Baker was forcing it to him, and then he ends up throwing too many interceptions, and, I mean, there's something wrong between the years with this team. And I think it all starts with all the hype they had in the beginning of the year. Jarvis Landry's played great. The running backs have played great. But they just this is a puzzle with pieces not only all over the room, all over the house. And they can't put it together. Did uh, So let me ask you this question. Uh, how do you feel about, like, did, did he say anything about how, like, Duck Hodges outplayed him? Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't hear him say anything about that yesterday after the game. But you're right. I mean, that you speak the truth, my friend. And it's very hard pill for folks here uh, to swallow because you're right. You got beat by a guy named Duck yesterday. And it's <laughs> the first time this season that they've lost to a guy that's got very little NFL experience. You know, the same thing happened against Denver. You just you you can't expect to be a playoff contender if you can't beat teams that are throwing in their third string quarterback. And by the way, Freddie got really outcoached yesterday. Mike Tomlin showed him how to coach a team. Because let's face it, Pittsburgh is depleted, absolutely depleted, and the Browns still couldn't figure out a way to get a victory. Do you think um, uh, that uh, Odell Beckham is miserable playing in Cleveland because they don't throw him the ball? I mean, because that's what they did to him in New York. They just, I mean, they just don't utilize that guy. What they, it's obvious to me they just throw to Landry. And that's just all there is to it. Well, I think that's where Baker's comfortable right now. Or Odell's just getting double teamed all the time. I just, I can't, you know, the offensive line's taking a beating here. And it didn't help that, you know, you were missing, they were missing Craig Robinson yesterday, which to me was mind-blowing because people were ready to kill him in the beginning of the season. Because, look, it's tough to replace Joe Thomas. And it's been, they haven't been able to figure out an answer for that. And, you know, I sit here and I hear the offensive line just get trashed after trash, but they know how to run the ball. Kareem Hunt was averaging about six yards a carry yesterday. He didn't get enough carries, though. That's the problem. 
and Freddie abandoned the run. I just they, they got down by ten. They don't know how to win, and it's like I, I mean, here time and time again. Here's what the Browns will do. They'll play you tough in the beginning, and this is this isn't just this year's team. It's the history of this franchise. They'll play you tough, but they're going to figure out a way to beat themselves in the end. And that's what they did again yesterday against Pittsburgh. Uh, I, they play the Bengals uh, at home on a Sunday at 1. Yeah. They should be able to beat them, shouldn't they? They should. They've been able to beat the – well, I don't know. I mean, this is Spencer's playing quarterback. <laughs> is there somebody that can pick up off – can Johnny Manziel play – can he play for the Bengals on Sunday so that the, the Browns will get beat? I, I don't, It's just goofy. They can't beat quarterbacks that have very little experience. So, I, I would ne- – I mean, look, the Browns should win. They should beat the Bengals twice, but they should have beat the Steelers yesterday, too. So they need to man up and figure out what's going on. Yeah, actually, they shouldn't have beat the Steelers. The Steelers, uh, I think, are playing way better football than the Browns. They were up 10-0. They should have they should have done better than they did. But the Steelers' defense locked down after that, and, and they owned the rest of that football game, and that was all there was to it. Andy, I love you. Great stuff. Uh, thanks for telling it like it is. Uh, always a pleasure having you on the bench. You got it. Anytime. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. Nice little uh, Seattle hit on the money line and the spread tonight. I like both of those. 37-30, they get it done at the link. Is that what they call it? Century Link? Up in Seattle. Yeah, they're now 10-2. and two. Now in first place. Can you believe that? They have the tie. They beat the Niners heads up. So, two 10-2 teams in the NFC West. Seahawks have the advantage right now with the tiebreaker. By the way, uh, I didn't mention that uh, Megan Rapino won the f- uh, feminine, uh, is that what they call it? The, Female. Uh, the Ballon d'Or Feminine, they call it. Is that what they were calling yes. it? Yes. She won the uh, Chick Soccer Player of the World. Well deserved. Very good. Four weeks left in pro football. Bowl season's upon us. Uh, this is when it matters most. Like tonight, get on PharrellOnTheBench.com for killer picks. NBA, college rack, NHL, boxing, MMA, every fight. Incredible price, even better results. Pharrellonthebench.com. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. Speaking of wives, so uh, I was talking to Andy Baskin about, uh, you know, Kitchens and Mayfield and the Browns. And it, it appears that, I don't know if you knew this or not, that his wife is getting into it now with reporters. So now you got the hostile wife getting involved. You know it's just not going to end well for him. Yeah. Like, you know where this is going. Where do you think it's going? Him not having the job at the end of the year. That's where it's going. Oh, Freddie? Yeah. Okay, I'm talking about Mayfield's wife. Oh, really? So Mayfield's wife's the one that got into it. Yeah, I think that you may be right about that. Right. Because he's kind of been a tool, the coach. He's done. He's going to be done. Right, he shouldn't have gotten the job to begin with. They over-elevated him because he had a little success at the end of last year and didn't want to lose him somewhere else. So they gave him the big seat. And it's biting them in the ass. So Baker's wife is the one now yelling at yeah, people so on, his, on Twitter. His wife is this chick. Uh, I don't know anything about her, but she's apparently getting into it now with reporters. She's uh, blasting one of the Browns beat reporters, uh, another woman. So she's going after a woman uh, reporter. And she had um, this this reporter had asked Brown's head coach, Freddie Kitchens, about wearing the Pittsburgh started at shirt before the game. Uh, we all know what that was about. And the picture he took was some fan, and he was wearing it. Um, no big deal, but still not the smartest, uh, you know, 
bird in the nest. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, you're missing a boulder, too, if you do that. Right, like, stupid bulletin board material you're giving them. Right. It's just, what are you doing, bro? You're the head coach of an NFL team. Does any other NFL head coach do anything like that? It just shows you he's amateur hour. Right. At that point, you're supposed to be, you know, getting the fires down. You're supposed to be putting it out saying, you know what, last game is last game. We're focused on this one. We like, needed to win. Instead, did you see Tomlin, keep it going. T- did you see the way Tomlin handled the game? Let's play football. That's, there's not going to be any fighting. There's not going to be any talk of anything. I don't care who started. I don't care if he wore this. Play football. Get first down. Score touchdowns. Stop the other team. Andy said it best. If you didn't want this all to happen, just don't wear the shirt. Nobody would be talking about it. All we'd be talking about is what a crappy job you've done as the coach. Right. And that you should be out for that. Instead, it's become this. I don't care who told you or wanted you to wear the shirt. This is the kind of stuff that, you know, this just piles on to everything that's gone on there this year. So apparently um, she wrote about this reporter. She asked a fair question. And then she wrote, the the, the, girl, the wife, Emily Mayfield, why is this the focus of your questions? And then the, uh, the lady responded, I asked exactly one T-shirt question after the game. I asked Baker what he thought of it, and he defended Kitchens, which I thought was cool. He gave a great answer saying, I've done much worse, funny, and uh, it struck the right note. Boom. When a fan chimed in and pressed the wife, she stood her ground. And then, please, Mrs. Baker, enlighten us all to what the focus should be on. Questionable play calling, veterans missing practice, inability to get the ball to playmakers, inability to have guys coming off injury and knowing the playbook, poor clock management. Where should we focus? And then she wrote back, quote, football in general would be a good start, end quote. And then, um, you know, everybody laughed because it's funny. You remember a few weeks ago, he, the Baker Mayfield, blasted reporters for asking football questions. He said... Uh, you've not played, you've never played in the NFL, so you don't know anything. Don't ask me questions about a sport you've never played. Is there anything worse than the pro football player that says that? With a guy or a woman just trying to do their job as a reporter. See, the deal is, is that none, almost not, not all, but very few of the players respect the media. They just don't like them. And they think they're the enemy. Unless they're winning, and if they're winning, they use the media to their glorification. There's nothing better than the media when you're winning. Have you ever seen a guy do a bad interview after he wins a championship? Like, for instance, the Nationals, when they won the World Series. Did you see any of them? Any, did, name one guy did a bad interview. Name one guy on the team that wouldn't do 15 or 20 interviews that night. Name one manager that wouldn't do 50 interviews if he wins the World Series. Name Nick Saban one time ever that he didn't do an interview when it came to getting votes for the BCS. Name one time ever that that guy won't manipulate the ESPN people to get what he wants. Name one time. Name one. Just name one for me and I'll shut up. The media does nothing to these players. They just tell it like it is. Or they, you know, I won't deny sometimes they write stupid, vicious stories about them. Like they blame them for everything. Like I've never seen anything worse than the mention that Carver had earlier tonight about the New York Daily News. The fact that those morons, and you can quote me on this, that they literally, its first of all, it's the worst paper in America now. It's, worth, it's not even worth five cents. And they, they literally charge a dollar and a half for an absolute toilet paper rag. It has no substance whatsoever in it. Have you ever seen it lately? Have you seen that paper lately? I mean, I'm surprised they even get, put the uh, astrology in there. 
do they get anything right in that paper at all? I mean, there isn't one story in there that's legitimate. Not one. And they and their sports is just atrocious. They wrote a, a back page story. The biggest story of the day was that Sam Darnold was better than Tom Brady. Oh, my God. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And so they do make stupid uh, stories, I won't deny. And they and they embarrass themselves. And the media does do stupid things. And they are mean. And they can be vicious and everything else and be critical and, and not know what they're talking about. Fair enough. But their job is to do that, is it not? Is their job not to sell papers and to get ratings, uh, you know, in other words, get people talking, get, you know, people's attention. The article should get you to be thought provocative type stuff, get people mad, angry, whatever, get a response, right? Is that not what their job is to do? Sell the papers, do stories that get people ignited, right? But athletes, like NFL players like Baker Mayfield, he, he blames the media for his bad games. And he's like, I won't talk to you. You've never played. Shut up, dude. You're such a tool. Honestly. And he's right. Just win a game for once. You know what I mean? Stop blaming everyone else for your failures. And now your wife's in on it? What a loser, dude. You can't control that problem. I mean, listen. Uh, hey, honey, can you do me a favor? Shut up. Right. Have you ever seen a story that was so-and-so's wife Got involved with fans on Twitter, and it went great. Never once. It's always they come to their defense, say something stupid, and embarrass them. How immature are you that you have to open your big, fat mouth to, like, argue with reporters about your husband's crappy play? Is there anything worse than the wife that defends her husband in the media after a guy bl blows a game? And they, you know what I mean? They blame him, and then she comes to his defense because she loves him. Oh my God, I love you so much. I'm just your girl. And here's the thing with the I'm media. Your girl. You're talking about with these players like Baker. That's the reason the media is there is because the fans and these other people who want to know have not played. So they're asking you the question so that they can get the insight. Because if we knew, we wouldn't have to ask these questions. Now, like you said, there's some of them that are jerks and just try to do whatever they can to break you down. But sometimes it's just a legit question that if you explain it, you can get people on your side. Instead, they go and attack them and make more people hate them. They all love the attention when they're winning. When they're losing, they blame the media for their problems. It's, it's, it's inevitable. It happens every single year in every sport. <laughs> there is, it's automatic. The sun will come up, the sun will go down, and then reporters will be blamed for everything if they're losing. But when they're winning, they love the media when they're winning because they'll just use that to sell whatever. Like, how about this guy Le'Veon Bell? Misses a season, right, for a year or whatever. He's out a year and a half. What did he use the media for? To sell his crappy rap albums. He can't get enough of the media when he's trying to sell an album or having a launch party. Kenny, everyone runs to the media when they want to sell something, don't they? A movie, a book, an appearance, you know, an album or charity. What do they do when they're doing the, have you ever seen the athletes? They run over to the little children's hospital to save lives. They bring the camera crew with them because they got to get, you know, everybody, I want everyone to know I'm a philanthropist. I'm saving lives over here. <laughs> do they not do that? Oh, my God. I just hit a nail on the head, didn't I? Oh, my God. What a bunch of phonies you are. Your dude, shut your wife up. Honestly, stay out of it, honey. Go have some wine. Smoke a fatty. Get your toys out. 
do something. Stay out of the football business and open in your fat mouth with reporters. It's only going to give you a real bad case of heartburn, honey. Oh, God, it's good to be back on the bench waxing up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.